Hello, I'm Monsignor Jim Losanti. Today on Personally Speaking, we are delighted that our guest is Marie Osmond, author, singer, actress, all-around great personality. Stay with us. Welcome to Personally Speaking. I'm your host, Monsignor Jim Losanti, and singer, actress, and author Marie Osmond joins me now. Marie has spent five decades in the entertainment business performing as a singer, television performer, and talk show host, dancer, actor, and author. She became popular as part of the Osmond family performing on The Andy Williams Show. At the age of 14, her debut single, Paper Roses, reached the number one spot on two Billboard charts. Marie is a multiple gold and platinum selling artist and has written three New York Times bestselling books. She co-founded Children's Miracle Network Hospitals, which has raised $7 billion to date. Marie and her brother Donnie ended their 11-year residency at the Flamingo in Las Vegas in 2019. Now she travels around the country with her sellout symphonic shows. Marie Osmond is married to Steve Craig. She's the mother of eight and the grandmother of eight. She's here with us today to talk about her life, her career, her family, and the faith and the values that are so important to her. Joining me now, I'm pleased to welcome to Personally Speaking, Marie Osmond. We are here with Marie Osmond. We are talking to her on Personally Speaking. Marie, first of all, thanks for coming on our program. And I know you've got coming up a number of concerts. I want to talk about that. One of our former guests was David Archuleta. I'm delighted he's going to be with you at those shows. Uh, an earlier guest of ours long ago is uh, deeply connected to the Osmond family. Andy Williams was our guest, and we loved him, too. What a great man he was. But uh, before I get into any of that, you are who you are like all of us, because of the family you come from. So I don't think most of our listeners and watchers will know, but uh, Marie Osmond had come into this world as Olive Marie and then became known as Marie. Tell me about the first Olive. I want to know about the first Olive. What kind of person was she? What was her influence on you? What did the first Olive do right for you? Well, Olive is my mother yes. and uh, I am her only daughter. I have eight brothers. And so I was named Olive Marie. I always went by Marie because she always went by Olive, ah. but, uh, but I'm named after my mother who was named after her great aunt. Okay. Who amazing woman but um and then i don't know if you know this but my son just had his fourth child he had three boys finally got his little girl and they named her olive all right so it's rich in family tradition <laughs> after grandma <laughs> <laughs> tell me tell me about your mom and what she did right in raising you well i think the right thing that she did was mm -hmm. to uh marry my father and the two of them became one in purpose to, wow. uh, you know, live a life that was dedicated to God, to teaching us principles of hard work and integrity values. And uh, for example, I've told this story before, but um, just to give you an idea of her personality, right. um, we were doing the Donnie Marie show was dubbed into, I don't know, 17 languages worldwide. They said at that time that on a Friday night, more people would watch our show than the entire 
uh, run of the blockbuster movie of that time, which was Jaws. Okay. So more people saw us than, the, than all of Jaws in one night. And we had a double tape week and I was super tired and we worked very hard. And I came home and I, mom, I'm going to bed. I've got to look, I've got to look good in the morning. And I was probably 16, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, and she goes, well, you haven't done your chores. And I went, <laughs> uh, like I'm Marie Osmond. <laughs> Well, that was the wrong thing to say. And uh, she goes, really? Okay, well, now you're also doing, you could, beside your chores, you're going to clean all the toilets tonight. Oh, boy. And I went, what? And she says, and if you don't stop, I have more for you. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, th- I thought, what is she? She's terrible. And she goes, look, you have to understand that that is your job. This mm-hmm. is reality. This wow. is real. That is That can be taken away at any moment. And so she taught me from a very young age, what really mattered? Does that yeah. make sense long-term? She's just I a great don't. lady and lots of fun. She had a great personality, but I'd come home from shows and she'd say, okay, now we're going to learn to make bread. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> and then it'd be like, okay, now we're going to bottle cherries. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> and now my girls all do it. So it's really fun. <laughs> Isn't that great? She was, you know, I was going to ask you later on who kept your, uh, feet on the ground, but it sounds like Olive was certainly one of the people who always reminded you who you were, where you came from, which is wonderful. Marie, I wanted to ask you, uh, I am old enough, you and I are both creatures of the 1950s, to remember when John Kennedy was elected president. And I'm always intrigued, as I look back on that, that it was such a big deal that he was Catholic. It was, uh, uh, yeah, I know, right, being Catholic. You know, it was a big deal that he was Catholic. I mentioned that because in uh, 2012, uh, my guy, uh, Mitt Romney, was running. And I remember people saying, you know, can a Mormon really be president? And I thought to myself, God, we're reliving what happened in 1960. As a member of the Church of Latter-day Saints, what do you do with people who act as if it's some kind of a, uh, extraordinary thing instead of just another dimension of living faith? Well, one of the things that um, that I have tried to do is um, is to remove your denomination believes this and you believe that and you believe mm-hmm. and I keep saying guys we all believe in the same Bible yeah, we right. Jesus Christ uh, we we all believe in His atonement uh, those that are Christian and we shouldn't nitpick and and judge you know and we we really should love which is yeah. you know the most important thing um, when we can remove labels, which is sad because I believe there's more labels now than ever. Right. Uh, but it's that labeling that separates us. And I don't believe that's God. God yeah. wants us that we're all his children. You know, it's interesting because um, I have eight children mm. and some of my children are adopted and I can't remember which ones, but <laughs> that's great. Uh, I think God gave me a really beautiful perspective because my children couldn't be more different if you tried. Every mm-hmm. one of them is different. And as I look at them and the lives that they live and the things that they choose and hold hold uh, in their hearts, um, they're all hard workers. They've learned to work hard, but they're all unique. And mm-hmm. the other day I was thinking, what a perspective I have. I almost believe that's how Father in Heaven believes with us down here on this life. We're not all the same. We're not going to be the same. God doesn't want us to be the same. So he doesn't measure us on the same graph or the same curve. You know, he, he wants, he measures our hearts. I don't want my children 
to compare themselves to each other. I want them mm-hmm. to be the best version of themselves they can be. And the one thing I love about my children is that besides being hardworking kids, man, they love each other. Yeah. And, and even their uniqueness and, their, and what they value. And they respect that in each other. And I just think that's got to be what God feels about us down here. Quit, quit measuring each other, you know, to a, to a, a, a stick or whatever, you know, just be, be the best version of you you can be. Uh, Marie Osmond is our guest. Marie, um, I was recently counseling a, a couple who had uh, a child who had announced to them that uh, he was gay. And the, the mother was wonderful, but the dad was uh, truly on the intolerance side of saying, you know, I'm not sure he's my son anymore if he's not going to be who I thought he was. Um, you've been through that experience and your response was very different from this father's. What do you say to the parent who says, I'm not sure I can ever accept my child as being something I didn't expect him to be? Um, I don't understand that concept yeah. because I think that's more about them than the child. Yes. And to me, that's a little bit of a selfish approach Mm -hmm. instead of saying, what can I be for that child to help them love themselves and to uh, not feel negative negativity and things like that. Then, you know, it's just, and it's with any child besides being gay, you know, there, there are many different kinds of children. Um, I love my, I love my child. It's kind of like going back to that perspective of God saying that, you know, you're all different. Yeah. I'm not going to love you and I'm not going to love you because of this. I don't understand that. I love all my children. Yeah. And I believe that's what, what God is too. You know, I'm certain that God, if he wanted to, could have made us all cookie cutter, exactly the same. He purposely <laughs> made us uniquely, wonderfully who we are. And I like that perspective. I want to ask you because anyone reading a biography about you uh, would know that you have faced some amazingly incredible challenges in life, but you're also a woman of faith. What I'm wondering, Marie, is have there been times when you you did just like shake your fist in God's face to say, enough, Uh, this is more than I I can handle. Like, I I think it's okay as a person of faith to have your moments when you've had it with God. Have you gone through those? Oh, I think, I think I would be lying to you if I said I hadn't gone through tough things yeah uh i think i think it's not like i am uh, what do they call it naively um happy you know where you're just kind of what do they call that it's a it's a psychological term anyway where you just live in this bliss Mm -hmm. that's naive and that a lot of people have accused me of that because they go oh you're always happy no no being happy and having faith is a choice yeah it is very easy to spiral downward. That's mm-hmm. the easiest thing you can do. The hard thing is to spiral upward where, for example, you know, I mean, my life is odd. <laughs> I, I don't know many people who could relate to me. I didn't go to public school. I didn't have a normal life. I had, you know, you look at uh, Simone who started working when she was a child and being in front of the world. I understand that part of her life, but, but, you know, maybe Janet Jackson, because she grew up in an entertainment family, but not really. And, mm-hmm. and and Judy Garland is somebody that I think I've always related to. And it was really interesting. I was thinking about it the other night and thought, oh, who do I call that? I could say, hey, do you feel like this? Because 
really no, you know, and that's where you start spiraling downward. And I went, Nope, I'm not doing that. I got up, I went, turned on the TV. It was like three in the morning. And what came on that was so interesting was uh, Renee Zellweger's uh, uh, pr- uh, production or interpretation of Judy Garland's life. Ah, right. right and it was right. almost like God. And it was really interesting because where I picked up on the movie, they were forcing her out on stage and she didn't feel good. And she just, mm. you know, why do I have to deliver? And she got out there and then this magnificent applause. She goes off stage and goes into a dressing room and she's all alone. Mm which I think a lot of people feel at time in their lives, you know, their boss doesn't, but you go home and you're alone. And what did she do? She took pills and she took alcohol to medicate it. And I thought, here's the huge difference between her life and mine. And she was abused as a child and all these kinds of things that I've been through. And the difference is I wasn't alone because I knew I had God. Yeah. And it's a huge, huge difference because I had to know God early on. I had to. I couldn't say I believed in God if I didn't believe in God. Mm-hmm. I had to know. And so I was just like, you know, one of those people that you just, you have to know. But I sat there and it was almost like God said, yeah, you may not have somebody who can relate to you exactly. Mm-hmm. But the human experience is the same. We all go through those, those times and we need to spiral upward to God. You and I both are big fans of Jesus, and I mention that because I love the scene when they're saying, how many times must we forgive? And he says, not seven times, but 70 times, seven times. I mention that because for those who don't know, Maria Osmond has had the experience of losing a child to suicide and has spoken very powerfully about the impact on him of bullying. Again, in light of, of Christ's command to forgive, which is easier said than done, those folks who bullied your son... Have you found it in your heart, the capacity to forgive them? That, okay, that's really, that's a big question. Yeah. Um, and I had mentioned that I, I know of three people that, that did it. Wow. And even on his phone, when he passed away, there were things, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, call me back, call me back. Because wow. I think they had heard that something had happened to him. Oh. And it would have been very easily for me to go and take them to court. Yeah. But to me, the greater lesson is for them to let God judge it. Maybe they'll go to him and try to find that peace that that only he can give. Mm -hmm. And for me, it took a big burden off my heart of being angry. And anger will kill you. Yeah. Is it easy to let go? Absolutely not. Right. Is it a miracle when it happens? You better believe it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't judge. I'm, I don't know that I could have done that 30 years ago. Yeah. But that's the beauty of aging is you just, God gets you down to this point in your life where you're like, what really matters? <laughs> right. And I don't want to carry that burden. I don't let anyone create my weather. Only I create my weather with God. Marie Osmond, so I guess, Marie, you know, you just brought up the issue of aging. So I wanted to reach, reach that one. You know, yesterday, yesterday, I was 30 years old, and now suddenly I'm in my 60s. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how this happened, you know, right. but uh, now I'm looking at you and you, <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you are a gorgeous, gorgeous woman, but like all of us, you're aging. How do you put perspective on the experience of aging, especially 
in a business like you were in where, uh, you know, the looks thing is so celebrated and youth is so um, uh, lionized. How do you handle the real part for all of our lives that we're aging? Right. Right. It's going to happen. <laughs> Once again, you can be miserable in the process or you can learn to love the process. Yeah. And, um, you know, I believed in taking care of yourself. There's not a thing wrong with that. But am I going to, well, and I probably will color my hair until I die. But (laughs) (laughs) don't even mess with me on that one. But but I am so glad I'm not that. I've learned so much. And as your body gets older and you go through the physical challenges and I've had, I've had them, boy, let me tell you, I think what you do is you learn to let go of things that just don't matter. Mm -hmm. And you learn to, one of the things that I was always raised is to really listen to those that have wisdom. It's interesting. This generation, they just go to Google, you know, (laughs) to me, my son runs a nurse nursing uh, facility. So he's a, you know, he's manages several of them. And when he was starting out and he was the hospital administrator, he would tell me these stories of going in and talking to these elderly people. And he goes, mom, the stories, mom, the wisdom. He mm. goes, I was, I was there and in the room was a, was a, um, a German man with a Jewish man wow. and they lived through the war and to hear them talk. Yeah. And he goes, we are missing a library of knowledge by not mm, mm-hmm. to those who've lived life, not information, but true life. Yeah. And especially those around us who love us, which is our, you know, our grandparents and uncles and aunts and people like that. Even if, even if it's a dysfunctional life, you learn from them yeah. things that you want and don't want. And so all this information, but we don't take the time to really sit and communicate like we should. Um, and I, Hey, I understand that I've been very busy my mm-hmm. life and raising eight children and everything else and, and work. I have never not worked since I was three years old. Oh. I've worked every year of my life. And, and once again, it's an oddity, but it's been a wonderful journey, you know? All right. Now that's a perfect segue. Marie Osmond is going, as I mentioned with David Archuleta to do uh, concerts around the country. And she's got a big Christmas show coming up and a new album coming out. Marie, where do you find the energy to get up since you're three, you're saying yeah. and to get up on that stage and to entertain again and to make it fresh because for those people who come to your concerts this summer and beyond, you know, it's their first experience perhaps of you and they want to see the best of you, but you've been doing this so long. How do you keep it alive, fresh and not like enough is enough. Where does the energy come from <laughs> to keep on keeping on? I think you have to constantly keep learning and loving. I, so I'm not doing Vegas. My brother's doing Vegas again. Cause I, I, I really can't do five nights a week. Uh, I love it, but I have grandchildren now and I have, <laughs> yeah. to me, my, where I have evolved in every decade, I evolved to something 30 years ago. I never thought I could sing opera mm. as a little girl. I was born on my dad's birthday, legit, not induced. Wow. And, um, he would take me to buy an album as, as time evolved. And you'd think I'd go get a country album, vinyl, you know, or uh, rock or something like that. But no, I, I would go to the Broadway section or the opera section because 
those songs were my musicals and I loved to figure out what they were saying in the languages. And I'd sit there and create it all in my mind. And the first time he took me to see, uh, 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 uh Nessun Dorma performed live. It was at the Met oh. and it was a Zeffirelli production. And I thought I was just going to cry and go to heaven. Right. Long story short, this album is a 17 song album. It's probably my last album. Okay. And I did it all with um, with the Prague Symphony. Mm. So when you come to see the show that I'm going, I'm working weekends, you know. Right. Um, but when you see this show, this is everything I love on stage. Wow. And mostly the people. <laughs> mm-hmm. You'll see it's a very intimate kind of show. I did, I did uh, a second show. You kind of get them ready. I did it in Utah. And... Um, because I want Ravinia to be beautiful. And mm. so we did a show prior to, and it was so wonderful to hear the comments afterwards and saying, I didn't know that about you. I had no yeah. idea you could do that musically. That's what I want this show to be for people is we're going to talk, we're going to celebrate my, in one year, it's six decades. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to celebrate that. that and great? And uh, you'll see, like the first song is, Am I the Same Girl? It's a wonderful song. But mm. you'll see me grow up from age three to now in screen during that song. That's great. So, am I the same girl? Yes, I am. Am I the same inside? No. No. Okay. No. Now, and that, that's the beauty of this life. Marie has also uh, written books. And uh, uh, you talked about one of the things you've encountered in your books, the whole concept of because she's happy and joyous and has this wonderful smile. Is that who she is? But you've been very honest about uh, battling depression and things like that. I mentioned that I, I had a woman in the parish who said to me recently that she just only recently told her grown children that she had a previous marriage 30 years ago. And I said, why did you why did you wait to tell them that? And she said, I didn't want my kids to ever know that I had made a mess of my earlier life. You, Marie, have been right up front with the world, much less your children, in saying this is what has worked in my life, this is what has not. That radical honesty, where does it come from in you? Well, I don't think you can fake it and yeah. be in front of the public as much as I've been. Also, I don't know. I It's an interesting question, and, and I have said before, maybe it's because I never had a sister. Ah. I love sharing, and I love helping. Just to give you an idea, when I had postpartum depression, nobody, nobody spoke about that. You talk about the shame in that was huge. Mm -hmm. My mother called me when I had driven, I was in a no-tail motel and she found me via my credit card. And she said, I'm going to tell you something that I've never told anyone. Uh, When I had Jimmy, um, she said, I got in a car and I drove up the coast of California. You were three years old. What do you remember? I did the exact same thing. And so, but she was so ashamed to tell people because she had nine children. Marie, do you talk still with uh, your mom and dad in heaven? Oh, yeah. I feel them all the time. Good. (laughs) (laughs) I feel my son all the time. A lot of times people will say it must, it's, you know, they'll immediately go to the tears. And I understand that. There are moments where it's like the day it happened. And, um, and I have found peace in knowing that periodically I feel him. Yeah. I wish sometimes that he would have the experiences that my other children are having in this life, but mm. you go there, you spiral downward. Instead, I'm grateful for a loving God that lets me know he's okay. Wow. And, and I take those moments with joy instead of crying and like, Oh, why me? 
why not me? Yeah. Why not me? If I can handle it, God knows he'll give me more things and more things so that he can teach me of godly love. Yeah. And it doesn't come from joy. It, the joy comes from the sorrow. It's learning to understand what it all brings to your soul. If that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. You are a gift and you're a grace. And I'm so yeah. grateful that you talk with us and you like, you call it like it is just for, for our listeners and watchers around the world who are interested. Tell me, how do they find out more about the concerts and the album and everything good that you're doing with yourself? Well, the album, because vinyl has become like the, <laughs> yeah. so the album had to be postponed. We will start to release four songs from it okay. and then they'll be able to pre buy it and it should be out by late fall. Um, but it's really fun. It's not just opera. I mean, there's great American songbook and every song I chose with a purpose okay. and a reason behind it. For example, I do climb every mountain. I did, I did um, sound of music for Rogers and Hammerstein. I was kind of their girl and King and I, in those shows. Right. And I learned to sing legit, legit music and then legit soprano. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a worker. I keep trying to learn things. I'm crazy, but, <laughs> <laughs> but during that, I was so excited to do sound of music because I love that song. It's one of my favorite. And then I realized once we got there that, she never sings that song. That's not a Maria right. song. That's right. so I it and it's beautiful with a symphony. It's uh, and you'll see in the show that I'll, I'll do many different styles of music. I'm one of those crazy uh, diverse entertainers that can sing everything from jazz to, to a uh, aria. Mm -hmm. And you'll see in the show why we do it. And I'll explain all the reasons. And it's just, it's a very unique show. And after all the years of working, it's something that I'm super happy to do every night. I love doing this show. Folks Bye. want to go onto your website. The website is called. Just go to Marie Osmond, all my social media. Good, 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 it's good. good. <laughs> <laughs> whether you're Listen. Twitter, whether you're Instagram, whether you're Facebook, whatever. I told you before that you talk in a way that reveals a, a commitment to radical honesty and sensitivity. And uh, I'm so grateful that you shared that again with us on Personally Speaking. You're the best. Thank you so much. Marie. No, I'll tell you, but just really quickly, I don't know what the, if they've told you the times, but it's for the Ravinia to be there with that symphony is okay. a dream of my life. Wow. This is going to be a night. This is going to be a very special night. We're going to All have right. a really good time. And I'm so grateful to talk to you. What a, you just have, you exude this beautiful uh, peace from your soul. And you can tell people that really, that really love and want to give That's back. Right. Look what you do here, trying to sh share joy and hope. It, this life is about giving hope. And you and are the embodiment of that. You you are the embodiment of that. No, I was just going to say, you are. <laughs> <laughs> Marie, thank you so much. As we end today's program, I want to thank you all for being with us. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach me at personallyspeakingpodcast at gmail.com. To go see past episodes of our show, go to YouTube and search under Personally Speaking with Monsignor Gimelsanti. And don't forget to click like and subscribe. Personally Speaking is also available as a podcast on personallyspeakingpodcast.buzzsprout.com or for past shows, go to www.closeencountertv.com. Click on the radio button at the top of the page. You can also get our shows at www.ollmp.org uh, and also get a weekly homily from Monsignor Jim. 
Personally Speaking is also on Facebook at Personally Speaking with Monsignor Jim Santi. And we're also now on Instagram at Personally Speaking Podcast. Personally Speaking is made possible because of the support of so many of you. Thank you for your help and support. I'm privileged to serve as host and executive producer, Personally Speaking. Our producer is Lisa Jandovitz. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be with you again next time on Personally Speaking.